101.9 AM 1450 and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray. Let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m. The signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, Truman Jones is on News Radio WGNS. Good morning, Rutherford County. I have my old buddy, John Daniel Rudd, on today. Oh, I did. I, I left out Dr. John Daniel Rudd because you're one of the best physicians that we've ever had. In well, Rutherford I don't County. know about that. But, but, but you care about well, all your patients in such a way that, that you become a major part of uh, each one of the families that you're treating. And that, that's a big, big deal. Well, good morning, Truman. I appreciate you saying so. Thank you, and it's it's good to be here with you again today. And uh, you know, I I do what I can do, and um, you know, I love Rutherford County. I love Murfreesboro, and yeah. uh, it's it's always good to see you. It's always good to see you too. Uh, you've been a very close friend of, of my whole family during all these years, and and I look at all the responsibilities that you have and all the things that are going on in the medical industry right now, it's not the same place as when you first started, is it? Well, I think that it's like, I didn't invent this saying, but the only constant is change. Yeah. And, you know, it's something that um, we have to expect. Yeah. Things are going to change, and they will continue to. But it does affect uh, uh, your uh, office like it does all the other medical offices right now because there's so much attention with the COVID virus that it almost takes away from the attention of, of uh, the diseases and, 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 and what uh, the normal patient w- would have to go through. And uh, how, do you, how do you stay focused on those particular problems that they're having and, and, and not have to worry about the virus? Well, you have to try to deal with it all at once. I yeah. think the thing that I worry about is there's a new phrase that's out there in the medical uh, world called deaths of despair. Mm. And it is the increase in the number of deaths related to um, the whole situation of yeah. the COVID. Yeah. You know, I think we have people who, as they've isolated, they don't get... Uh, doctors to see them for symptoms they have so they tend to medicate more with alcohol and drugs they tend to have more problems with uh, domestic violence Mm -hmm. there tends to be more child abuse there's more uh, as we have mental so much mental illness now a lot of it is being untreated and so we're seeing more suicides from you know just severe depression Um, some statistics that have come to light in the last two or three months are the the number of diagnoses of new cancers is dramatically lower. Now, it doesn't mean the cancers aren't there, 
they're just not being diagnosed because people don't feel safe going to doctors right now. The hospitals aren't doing elective procedures right now. There's a lot of variables that go into it. Mm-hmm. But those cancers are there, yeah. and they are going to show up. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. But they've, in looking at the number that have been diagnosed, the numbers are dramatically lower. And that's very worrisome because we're going to see that. We're seeing um, a lower number of heart surgeries, lower number of cardiac stents and arteriograms. Mm-hmm. And what, what we know is that statistically over time, this is very predictable how much is out there. Mm-hmm. But when they're not being seen, that means that they're just not coming in. People aren't presenting with the symptoms they would have. Either they don't have the symptoms because they're not doing anything, or they're having symptoms and deciding not to come in because they're afraid. Um, We're going to see a spike in a lot of things as the COVID crisis abates. Yeah. And that's the sad part for me i mean because i know they will be there and they're going to come back i think sometimes of course this is somebody like me talking because i've been through it and all the other things that are going on that i'm seeing around me and 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 i'm not sure that i know it's a very serious disease and and but you know when the common flu would come through people were not scared to death they knew that they would go probably get sick and con- and contract it somewhere along the line, and and uh, they would work with the disease, and then after it's over with, and they they go along their way. Uh, are we spending too much time with the virus? And I know a lot of it would be because it's a new disease, and they're trying to find out everything they can with it. But will we still? Uh, be isolated and, and have all kinds of mental uh, condition worries and, and those type things. After all this passes over and we learn more and more about the disease, will we react as strongly with the COVID virus sometime in the future? Well, I think that it's always been true that hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. And we, if we could jump ahead a year or two we might have great advice to give us right now yeah but we can't we have to take it a day at a time of course we won't be having a presidential election coming up well that'll change too it'll change everything but we have to you know when we're dealing with a virus that that has such a wide spectrum of illness Mm -hmm. you know half the people have no symptoms and yet there are groups of people that it kills. I mean, it, it's but, fatal. But they don't have that strong physical uh, ability as, as a lot. But they, they have other diseases most Very of often. Very often that's true. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at at the diseases, though, that, you know, are, are more well-known, mm-hmm. we can predict things better. Yeah. And we don't have great predicting ability with this COVID-19. We are learning. I mean, you know, we can tell you the people that are at higher risk, but we need better markers to tell the people that are really at risk. And I think that those are coming. We'll be able to tell things. There's going to be ways to give a better idea of who's at most risk. 
but right now we know that the virus basically has two phases. And I think of it as kind of being analogous to an old disease that we all have heard of, and that's just strep throat. Yeah. I mean, strep throat is due to a bacteria. It's not a virus. But we know that out of the people who get strep throat, and everybody gets over strep throat, yeah. whether you get take an antibiotic or you don't. But we know that if you treat it correctly with an antibiotic, you don't get the late problems of acute rheumatic fever. Mm-hmm. Acute rheumatic fever is the result of our, our, our immune system. The immune system gets screwed up, and when it does, it attacks our body, and we get acute rheumatic fever. That is an immunologic result of our own body yeah. in the way it reacts to the strep. And we know now that if you treat the strep with an antibiotic, when you get the strep throat, mm-hmm. you don't ever get the acute rheumatic fever. Yeah. And acute rheumatic fever ends up with problems with heart valves 20 years out. It can cause renal failure. It causes joint pain. It causes all kinds of bad stuff. And it's our own immune system that does it. So this pattern is not brand new. And with the COVID, it's the same kind of thing. We've got an acute illness that is the virus. Mm -hmm. And then our immune system causes the rest of the problem. And we don't know how to know, we don't know how to best project that. We don't have the ability right now to knock the virus out early like we do with strep, where we can take an antibiotic, treat the strep throat, and not have the rheumatic fever. We'll be able to do that with this virus. But this virus is going to have a relatively short prominence in the world. I mean, we know coronaviruses in general, they come and they go. We know from the past history of SARS-1 and MERS, which are both coronaviruses, they both cause people to be very sick. Yeah. But we don't understand why, but they just sort of disappeared. They're gone. They're still around with an occasional case that pops up, but the virus is, isn't there now in large groups. And we're going to see that with SARS-CoV-2 also, this, the cause of COVID-19. This virus is going to run a course, and it's going to dissipate. And when it does, it'll still be there, and there'll be a few people who get it. But it's nothing like what's happening now. And, but there's so much study going on. There's going to be a lot of good fallout from this because mm-hmm. the number of people studying this is so large right now. I mean, the president has diverted so much money to this research. Yeah. That there's going to be huge, huge advances. And I know that's his favorite word is huge. Yeah. But it, it, there will be. And the number of vaccines, the vaccine technology... The vaccine technology in this country prior to COVID-19 was still 1950s technology. It's, it was just really behind. This is bringing it up. Yeah. We're going to see um, advances in the way the virologists work and how they study viruses, mm-hmm. the technology in, in sequencing the viruses, of, of running the RNA or the DNA, depending on the virus. One of the things that's amazing to me is the uh, uh, 
SARS-CoV-2 has been sequenced 64,000 times since its origin back in the winter. They've run that many different sequences on the virus. And that would have taken years to do a handful just 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. We're going to learn a lot. There's a lot that, that will benefit people that's coming from this. Right now, I think we, you know, it's, it's easy to look back again and say, well, we could have done this back in March. Or, but I think everybody is playing it the safest they can. And nobody wants to be responsible for our, our, our anybody have their finger point at them and say they were responsible for deaths. Yeah. And so all the politicians, all the teachers, all the other groups of people are erring on the side of safety, even at the, without taking into account all the time the great cost personally, psychologically, economically that this virus is causing. You know, and that's the thing that has bothered me probably more than anything else is we've just pushed all our responsibilities aside and then we backed off into a corner just because I think most of the scare tactics are done by the media. And it really, really bothers me that a good friend of yours and a good friend of mine just came up with a... The virus, and he he was actually extremely worried about what it was going to cause to him, and 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 you don't think about all of the mental issues that are involved with it, and when your whole life has changed because of one particular uh, medical problem that has come across. It, it, it really has. I was listening to a, a doctor the other day, not as smart as you, but he was a <laughs> okay. national. He was a national doctor, and and he was basically saying that what we're really working on right now is to find out what the long term uh, damage is done by the virus, which you were explaining right. in, in great detail, and you made it a whole lot simpler for somebody like me. To understand, and I still believe that we have overplayed this thing by pretty much. If, if somebody wants to take over the country, the United States, all they have to do is have a, 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 a medical problem like what the, the national media is pushing, and everything comes to a stop. Right. And, and, and I think that's even more dangerous. Uh, in fact, I know it's more dangerous than what the virus is. I had it. I went through it. My whole family went through it, thanks to you. You you treated all of us. And, and, uh, and it didn't last long, but what was killing me wasn't the virus. It was what I was thinking while I was... Uh, well, the psychological impact yeah. is dramatic. Yeah. And I think that in seeing a lot of people who've had the virus... I. I recognize the fears they feel. Mm-hmm. It's totally understandable. Yeah. But it's promoted by the mainstream media. Yeah. And the media, the media's job is to tell us how bad it is, and we're all going to die. Yeah. Well, we're all going to die. I can tell you ahead of time. That's coming. But it's not going to be from this virus. They're they're wanting us to die before November the fourth. <laughs> I think. Well, only some of us. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. The ones that are at risk are should be at risk are the ones that yeah. uh, you know uh, might not vote the way they would vote. How complicated is it to to tell uh, to put it on record that a person has uh, died of the virus rather than some other uh, uh, terrible illness that they have? Well, it's pretty easy. Yeah, but. The way the system works, because it's all computerized, Mm -hmm. if you have Mm COVID-19, when you die, Mm -hmm. it gets on the death certificate. And and, and do the other diseases that they have at the time, are they on the death certificate? They often are. Yeah. They often are. So which, which one gets priority over the other? Well, however the news media wants to do it. Yeah. Is what what it is. Yeah. They can they can look it up and report it where any associated illness comp- pops up, mm-hmm. or they can go for the main cause of death. And very often, if COVID nineteen is anywhere on one of those lines, they're going to say it's a COVID death. Yeah. Now it's, it's a school issue. Uh, what are you going to do with the students? Are they going to be in the classroom? Are they going to have virtual? Are they going to have homeschooling and, and uh, all those things that are involved? Um, when, when this comes out, and it, it's prominent, of course, with the moms and the dads of what they're going to do, um, kids are really not affected as, as bad as the older adults and things like that. And I, I know that when we would have, uh, if, if one of the of us, when we were kids and we were going to school, if, if we got the measles, we were home until everything ran its course and, and then we would be back. Uh, how should we treat this particular virus as far as uh, the, 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 our children still able to maintain a normal uh, education process? Well, I think that normal is out the window. I mean, we're not going to have normal. But we've, but we've been kind of pushed in the corner because it, of it, it Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we are in the corner. Yeah. And because of that, I mean, one of the things I always try to do is I, I think of it as what is, is. We have to be real. Mm-hmm. And in the real world today, we have to recognize the power of the media and the possibility of being accused of contributing to the death of any person and how that will impact us. And I think the reality is school systems are going to see positive cases in the schools. Yeah. When they do, they're going to shut down. That's what's going to happen. They're going to is, is that the proper thing proper way to handle it though? I I wish I was that smart. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I think that you know, we're going to see every school system basically offer one of two options to parents. Mm-hmm. Virtual or in class. Yeah. And the in class is going to be a lot different than the in class used to be. It's going to be keeping kids isolated in one classroom. It's going to be wearing masks. It's going to be having lunch in there. It's going to be having recesses that are not with other kids, uh, only that classroom. It's going to be uh, maybe altering or staggering start and stop times. Uh, Those are all things that are happening. And 
it, it is. That's the way it is. And when the cases pop up that are positive, it's going to close them down. You know, we are one of the critical things, I think, in really handling this in the world that it, the way it exists is having the availability of real-time, cheap, rapidly available testing. Mm-hmm. We've got to change and, and part of this is technology. We have to develop these tests, and they're coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's, if we could get testing down to where it could be done every morning at home and it costs about a dollar a day or less, you know, in that range, and we could identify te- with testing not just people who are, quote, positive, but who are actually transmissible or infectious mm-hmm. for the virus. Then we could go ahead and keep those kids at home by testing every day or, or people from work or anywhere mm-hmm. and and do a test every single day. That's what's coming. It's not here yet. The FDA has to approve it. It's got but it'll be here about the time the virus disappears. But, and, but it, sometimes it takes forever to get the results back. Well, these tests that will be available are going to be tests that you basically you put a strip of paper in your mouth mm-hmm. and then you take it out and you watch it for one minute and if it's positive it'll turn pink well if, if a person tests positive and then say um five ten days later uh they test negative is there any reason for that person to, to continue getting tests uh who well, who, who doesn't have all of the symptoms once you test positive you don't ever need to test again I mean, because you need, under the guidelines now that the CDC has given us, Mm -hmm. you test positive, you need to stay isolated for 10 days. Yeah. Then you can go back. You don't have to have a retest. Mm -hmm. You can simply go back to school or work or get out in the world. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's really your responsibility, if you test positive, to stay isolated for 10 days. Now, at the end of 10 days, if you're still symptomatic... If you have fever and you're not taking any medication, mm-hmm. um, then you need to be retested. But it's only in those cases. The vast majority of people at the end of 10 days have no symptoms, no fever, and they do not need to be retested. They can come back to work or school. But if we could get the testing done so it could be done at home, in the morning, every day, that's the way you really control the spread. Unfortunately, those tests may not be available in the middle of this pandemic. Hmm. So we may, but we'll have more. I mean, you know, viruses change. And over time, we've had one after the other. They're usually separated by a few years. We don't know how long it'll take for the next one. But there'll be another one. I mean, it's coming. And this is helping us build a strategy to deal to deal with these pandemics. I mean, and periodically we're going to have them. I mean, you and I may not be here to see it, but it'll happen. And everything we do and learn in this one hopefully will be remembered for the next one. Yeah. It, uh, is it? I, I know that they're searching for people who have had the virus 
and 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 they're they're they no longer have it. Right. They have none of the symptoms, and it's my understanding they're wanting to build up an immunity on with others. Is there an uh, an immunity process that goes on when you get the disease, and then you fight it off, and you no longer have it? Uh, is there a strong chance that you will have it again? It's very unlikely you'll have it again. Yeah. But the president in his uh, news conference really put a call out to people who have had the virus, and he asked people in the country who have been through it to get in touch with, I mean, he gave the website through the government or through the Red Cross. Yeah. Get in touch with them to donate plasma because uh, plasma from patients who have had the virus has, has antibodies in it against the virus. Mm -hmm. And those antibodies can help other people fight the virus. And so uh, right now, you know, I would encourage anybody who has had the virus and has recovered, mm -hmm. uh, it's all gone, to get in touch with the Red Cross or the government website, or that the, the president, yeah, the health department, yeah. and let them know that you're available um, to be tested for the antibody and that you'd be willing to be a plasma donor. Well, you know, I, I uh, had a call from the health department, your state health department, right. and uh, they were asking each person who had had it and had gone through the process uh, what their symptoms were, and and. For whatever reason, I never was able to get a hold of them, but I did leave the message for them as what all my symptoms were and how I felt. And and uh, I think that that's a great process because then they can really zone in on, on what all the conditions were for, for the patient that, that actually came down with it. And it's, it's it seems like that we're on a fast track for the COVID virus to just go away. I mean... Well, that's the natural history of coronaviruses. Yeah. That's what they do. And there's no reason to think this is any different. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's there. And, you know, one of the things that they've learned that's really interesting is that they were comparing, well, they were trying to find out how important antibodies are in fighting the illness mm. as co opposed to what's called the T-cell response, which is not antibody, but it's part of our immune system that basically involves cells and not antibodies. Mm -hmm. And what they did is they have a way to test whether these T-cells are stimulated by this new virus, mm -hmm. and the uh, SARS-CoV-2. And they took blood samples that, that, that had been stored from a time before the virus came to America, mm -hmm. last year early or the year before. And they tried to see if the T cells recognized the SARS-CoV-2, and they can tell it by what they secrete, mm -hmm. because they secrete things that fight the virus. But they will not secrete that stuff if the cells don't recognize the virus. Yeah. They found that about 40 to 60 percent of the blood specimens from before the virus existing 
recognize the virus, hmm. which tells us that there's a lot of cross-reactivity with previous viruses, probably the coronaviruses that we've had that cause colds. And so part of that may explain why there's so many people that actually have almost no symptoms. Well, because one our immune system, yeah, but I mean, you had some symptoms, but the thing is, is that, you know, there are, there's more to this than we yeah. understand. And even though this particular virus is brand new, there's an immunity in our population that is at some level mm -hmm. working against this virus to kill it due to previous infections. Yeah. And that's a really good sign. I mean, that that is that's good. And I think that you know we'll we'll know more later. But it's um, there's a lot out there that I think that uh, we're learning, and we're learning how to uh, deal with testing. We're learning how to deal with vaccine production. There's you know the number of vaccines that are in production. It's amazing. I've, I, last I looked, it was like 45 or 50. Uh, and this, the president's plan, this Operation Warp Speed, is it's an, a, a really ingenious way to get vaccine. Because basically what the government did is they picked four or five um, companies and guaranteed them they will not lose money. Even if their vaccine doesn't work, it's prepaid. So all they have to do is do the work and produce the vaccine and then get it ready to sell. And basically, the, the federal government will pay for it. And so what we've got is by the end of this year, we're going to have hundreds of millions of doses of vaccine available. That's amazing. And, I mean, and, and that's less than one year. Yeah. I mean, there still is no vaccine that works for HIV. That's been since 1980. I mean, the response to this has been amazing. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we've got the president to thank for it because he's the leader. Yeah. And, you know. I think you've done a great job well, I mean, about everything. I'll tell you, the, the vaccine production alone is a feather in his cap. Because, I mean, it, this is amazing how well it's gone. And I know there'll be people who choose not to take it. That's fine. Yeah. But, you know, the, for the people who are the most vulnerable, especially nursing home patients, you know, they need to be vaccinated. And those are the people who are really at risk. And, you know, we, we need to be protecting them. And, and then people who have cancer people who have other diseases that they have to take medications that suppress their immune system, those people need to be vaccinated. And I think that anything we can do to, to help them is going to help the disease pass faster. Well, you know, you, you fussed at me for years because I will not do the, the flu shot. And I've always felt like that I had some type of natural immunity because I've never had the flu. And, and, and I've been around people that have had it. And it, it, it just, uh, somebody, some people are just not very smart like I am. <laughs> but but it, it, it. Well, you're hard-headed. Yeah, I am hard-headed. 
but uh, the, the question I'm going to ask you, because we've got to take a break right now, is how complicit would China be with this particular situation? And we'll be right back with Dr. John Daniel Rudd. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. You don't have hot dogs or apple pie or no Chevrolet to drive, but we have some hickory smoke wings you're just dying to try. You'll try them, you'll like them, you'll give some to a friend. So on a dare, just stop on by and bring in a friend. Slick Pig Barbecue, 1920 East Main. This portion of the show brought to you by Mabco. How do you feel about two for three dollar Lay's or Cheetos? What about regular M&M's for only a dollar? These are just a handful of the sweet deals you'll find right now at Mabco. You'll be surprised how they always have great deals for your everyday cravings. And don't forget to download their My Rewards mobile app to earn points toward items like ice-cold fountain drinks and even fuel. The app is available for both iPhones and Androids. Stop by and save at your local Mabco today. Why join a credit union? Credit unions offer the same services as banks but are not for profit. Credit unions are owned by their members, not Wall Street investors. Credit unions are among the highest rated services ever evaluated by Consumer Reports. Need another reason to join a credit union? If you join Heritage South Community Credit Union now through June 30th, you could win $2,500. Sounds like a good reason to me. Learn more at HeritageSouth.org. Insured by NCUA. At Bud's Tire Pros, they care about those who live and work here because you're a big part of what makes this place great. This is Kay Mitchell at Bud's Tire. Come by and see us at Bud's Tire, 3600 East Main Street, or call 896-TIRE. They will be here through the good times and the uncertain times. For those who are out on the road, stop in today to see their full lineup of Michelin tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, they're essential. They're open. They're local. Visit them online at BudsTireProsTN.com. All right, guys. I want to encourage all of you to take care of your health. It's easier than you think at Low T Center. They're reinventing the doctor's visit, making it quick and easy to get all your levels checked, not just your testosterone levels. They offer a comprehensive health assessment so you know all the numbers important to your health. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, lack of motivation and drive, have you noticed weight gain and loss of muscle mass? These could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center will help determine the cause of your symptoms and will help get you back to feeling your best. It all starts with their quick and easy health assessment and is covered by most health insurance. Low T Center is concierge medicine exclusively for us men. And now they offer monitored self-inject at home testosterone treatments, providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety. That includes a take-home blood pressure monitoring cuff. To schedule your health assessment, call 615-603-3542 or go to LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. A bill passed by the Tennessee House and Senate revising some criminal laws is being called a crackdown on demonstrators. The bill classifies camping overnight on state property as a Class E felony, punishable by up to six years in prison. It also requires those charged with camping, vandalism, disrupting a meeting, and protest-related offenses to be held for 12 hours without bond. Protesters say the bill 
is meant to silence them. Most Tennesseans are in favor of mask requirements in their communities. A survey from UT's Howard H. Baker Jr. Center for Public Policy finds 74% of those surveyed support face covering requirements. As far as wearing masks themselves, 77% of Tennesseans say they wear them when going out. About 85% of respondents say that masks protect those wearing them or other people nearby from the coronavirus. The TBI says a man recently added to their most wanted list has surrendered himself in Rutherford County. TBI says 37-year-old Christopher Robinson of Cerulean, Kentucky, walked into the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office to surrender yesterday without incident. Robinson was wanted on a charge of murder in connection to the killing of Eric Bixler. Robinson now being held at the Rutherford County Jail on a $750,000 bond. Tennessee House Speaker Cameron Sexton has named two Murfreesboro legislators to lead the House Electronic Delivery of Health Care Committee. State Representative Ryan Terry serves as committee chair, and State Representative Charlie Baum is vice chair. The committee was formed following Governor Lee's proclamation calling for a special session of the General Assembly to convene August 10th in order to address COVID-19 liability protections, telehealth services, and laws governing state property. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. This August, you could win $20,000. $20,000. Or even $200,000. $200,000. Introducing two new instant games with two ways to play. Two ways to play. And two ways to win. Two ways to win. Double match and double match bonus. Double match and double match bonus. Double the fun. Double the chances. Double the cash. Double match and double match bonus. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Get ready to get your game on with the Tennessee Lottery and fill up your day with fun. Like when you need to upgrade the fun on that road trip. When you could use a little Did I Just Win $50 fun. Woo, yeah! Or when you like to add a side of fun to that next snack. Mm, wow, good. Would you like some fun with that? Well, yeah. Then play the Tennessee Lottery. And for just a dollar or two, you can get your game on. Please remember, play responsibly. Good neighbor weather. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms here this afternoon with mostly cloudy skies, a high in the upper 80s. Winds out of the north around 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 72. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Dr. Rudd. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned something about the lab in, in China and stuff like that and conspiracy theories I, I have I don't ever remember a disease that got so much attention as far as, as how it got started of course China did a, a poor job of protecting the people who had come up with that disease over in China and, and they they didn't really slow the traffic down from their air travel and, and things like that. 
did did they really cause us a, a major problem as far as how this started spreading here in the United States? Well, I'll tell you, Truman, I think that a lot of that's going to have to be unfolded over time. Mm-hmm. But technologically, I, do, I think that my opinion is, based on everything I read and, and understand, mm-hmm. there's no way that anybody has the ability to build a virus that could do what yeah. this does. Yeah. Um, now, could they have isolated this from bats and grown it in their lab and it accidentally got out? Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Uh, but as far as intentional goes, it's it doesn't make a lot of sense to let a virus go in your own city. I mean, if you're going to use it as a weapon, it's yeah. kind of dumb. You know, why would you do that? I mean, you know, normally that would be the last place it would be if you were going to intentionally use it as a weapon. Yeah. Of course, a communist government, they're not as, they're not as thoughtful to their citizens as it would be. You know. But you think you would take it at least a couple of hundred miles away from the lab where it came from. I mean, you know, yeah. not right next door to it. Yeah. And so I don't think so. I think it could have been an accident, but... I think more than likely this emerged from uh, that area, which is a common thing because of the connection between the people and especially the bats. Yeah. Uh, they eat bats. They deal with bats a lot. And, you know, they they use the guano in the caves, the bat guano, yeah. as fertilizer. And, you know, and so they go in and they, they collect that. The, it's a different culture, yeah. and th- that in, in the bats, the beta coronaviruses, which this is, mm-hmm. is mainly a gastrointestinal illness. Yeah. So it comes through in through the bowels, and it's going to be in the guano. And more than likely, this came from some kind of exposure like that, and. The virus itself just happens to be very good at transmitting. And so once it got into the human host, it spread quickly. And I think the Chinese probably recognized they had a problem Mm -hmm. a month or six weeks before they told anybody. Uh, The World Health Organization contributed to slowing down the release of the information. And so, as President Trump has been very critical of the World Health Organization because of of the way they acted. And I think that, you know, uh, that's totally appropriate. Uh, But but I just don't believe it it was either intentionally released or that it was manufactured as a weapon. But, but I don't think that fits. It, it has caused more damage than anything that I can imagine as far as, as, as the physical health of people and, and the financial harm that it did for, for the whole world during this time. But I think that's just fallout that was really not planned. I think it just happened. Could, it, could it have happened in any other environment than China because of their culture? Uh, it's hard to imagine. Uh, you know, the Chinese are, um, you know, we work with them a lot. The the uh, laboratory that 
exists in Wuhan, China, which is the epicenter of where this virus emerged from, actually has a lab there that we have in large part financed through the National Institute of Health. They've, they've given them millions of dollars each year to, with the goal of them monitoring the emergence of these new pathogens. Mm -hmm. We have been giving money to basically identify what they can find. Yeah. And they've been doing a lot. And there's a lot that, I mean, it, it does make sense. But we have to understand China is our enemy. Yeah. They are not our friend. Every communist They want to destroy enemy. us without a war. Yeah. They're well on the way. I mean, you know, so I don't, I, I think we can't have a, a delusion about what their real intent is. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why I'm grateful we have a president who recognizes that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and they're much more um, dangerous than Russia is. You know, uh, they're a lot bigger economy. They have a, a lot more capability than the Russians do. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've got to recognize that. But as far as intentional, I, I don't believe it. I don't think they intentionally did it. Mm -hmm. But but you always have it in the in your back of your mind. In, any communist country, any social country, uh, they will never. Uh, respect this country that's gone out and helped most of them over the last century and they've been over backwards and I mean even when they were given uh, uh, Iran so much money uh, during the Obama administration uh, politics is not rational is it? It, well, there is not, it's, it's a very different little. set of rules yeah. and you know and, and I think that that's why it's it's really, really hard to understand. I don't really get it either a lot of times, but mm -hmm. I do know that there are things that are contradictory that they do that I just have to scratch my head and go, oops, I don't get it. But I think that, you know, this COVID-19 illness mm -hmm. is, um, it's a natural occurrence. Mm -hmm. it's, it is a uh, virus that has created a pandemic based upon the characteristics of the virus. Mm -hmm. It's not um, unheard of, and it will happen again. We will have other viruses to do this. Some, it may be that, you know, only every fifth or sixth episode of pandemic is anywhere near this caliber. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's no reason to believe that, that it's not part of the natural processes that exist in nature. You know, Nature has these things. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it's it's one of those that is is it the unknown that makes this virus uh, so uh, nationally, um, I, I, I guess, listed as one of the the worst diseases we've ever had. And and, and I know the unknown factor is always a major part of it. Uh, but, absolutely. But, if, but yeah. with all the, the science that we have working right now, um, I feel very strongly that it'll it'll be over with uh, in a very short time. I think it will, too. I think that we're going to see this pass. Even if we did nothing, mm -hmm. this is going to pass. Yeah. Uh, and with all the interventions we're doing, which I believe are, I mean, I think it's important. I mean, even... 
you know, people debate the idea of using face masks. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good idea. It definitely cuts down the spread. Uh, there are going to be times that people don't do it. Mm-hmm. But when you're in crowds, especially if you're at things where there are parties going on, mm-hmm. where you have people who come in together for an event, a funeral service, a graduation party, uh, a, a wedding. I mean, that's where this stuff spreads like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an uh, event last month in Georgia where a kid's camp that decided to have camp spread it. And within a week, um, they had like 400 kids there. 200 were positive in a week. Yeah, But how, I mean, but how sick did they get? Well, but it... Fortunately, there were young people, so they didn't get real sick. Yeah. But the real question is, who did they bring it home to? Yeah. You know, we know that kids transmit viruses. Yeah. There's not a second-grade teacher that doesn't know that every year they get sick because mm-hmm. the kids come in with colds. Parents, when their kids go back to school, they, the parents get sick. Yeah. That's been going on for since I can have been alive. I mean, that that's an every year problem that goes on but it's expected and yeah. the, the risk of it is low uh, but this virus has the ability which is different from the regular cold viruses in that in some people this virus is fatal and that's different but and it's very very rare it well it, it is we're talking about you know in Tennessee less than one percent yeah now a state that's very comparable to Tennessee in size is Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Very similar population, six and a half million plus or minus. Uh, but they have seven times the mortality from the virus that we do. Seven times. Hmm. We don't know why. I mean, I, I, you know, there's there's ideas, but, you know, we see differences. Between different areas. Yeah. And I think that recognizing that the virus, even though for most people, the vast majority of people, it, it really just passes and it's okay. We don't want anybody to catch it from us that's going to die from it. Yeah. And I think that it's just being aware of that. And, and it's not... Um, a political thing to decide to wear a mask or not. It's simply that you want to protect people that you're around. And certainly somebody that's positive for the virus would never want to go into a nursing home. And, you know, there's that's just not a responsible behavior. Is you, that a slap in the nursing homes? No, the I way think, they're set up? Well, they're having to evolve. I mean, they're having to change to make it safe for their uh, residents. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, we never really thought about that kind of thing before. Yeah. Because, you know, those people in that are residents of nursing homes are the most vulnerable group. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got to respect that. Yeah. And if you've got the virus, you don't go there. And it's that's the only right thing to do. And I think understanding that Okay, there are a lot of people that are going to be fine. Mm-hmm. We just don't want to give it to somebody that we contribute to them getting sick and dying. Well, every action has a different reaction, you might say. 
in uh, nursing homes are the people that are there they're hungry for people to come and visit them and that's one of the things that I, I say it, it's it's such a mental type thing for everybody concerned so because you know if you've got your mom there or, or somebody that's really really close to you and you can't go see them it's very hard well that's a, another reason why it'll be so good to have rapid testing yeah because if you could go to the nursing home they could test you right there mm -hmm. and tell within five or ten minutes that you're either positive or negative mm -hmm. that would solve the problem yeah i mean that would take care of it and so that's another reason we really need better testing yeah and hopefully it's it's coming it will quick. be it will be coming i don't know if we'll have it this year or if it's going to really be and that helpful. I don't go any farther but, out now. You know, but after that, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bless your heart. Yeah. You, you, you've got a, a great side, a, a great bedside manner about you. But um, sometimes you're just almost too, I guess it's not matter of fact, but when you tell me something, you want you want the truth to come out. And, and, and I'll guarantee you, when it's my time to come, you will uh, walk up over in my house and knock on the door <laughs> and say, well, you've got about two more days. <laughs> Better get everything taken care of. But I do have everything taken care of. Thank you very much. That's the way to live. Yeah, it, it is the way to live. Cause you have some kind of um, uh, natural feeling about it. Everybody, there, did you ever read the book, uh, Tuesdays with Maury. I did. Isn't that a great book? He has Lou Gehrig's disease. It's a it's a uh, college professor, and he, one of his students would come by every Tuesday, and he would write down what it's like to be dying uh, each day. And, and and I thought it was one of the more fascinating books because you remember what he he, he said. He said everybody knows that they're going to die, but they don't believe it. Now, that that's pretty much the way life is, isn't it? Well, I think a lot of people believe it. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, he may not have. Yeah. But, you know, I think that the more uh, you're focused on the spiritual and the less the physical, yeah. we know we're going to die. And you become happier that way. Well, it's part, of our, it's part of our existence. Yeah. It is that. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it's totally good. I, I think we have to be grateful that we are here. We have to be... Gratitude, to me, is one of the key things to help you through your life. It is. I mean, and starting your day... Such a blessing. Yeah, it's like every morning to start with, what am I grateful for? Yeah. Because pretty soon you realize the list is so long, you got to get out of bed. Yeah. You know, because you, you can't say it all. And I think knowing that, you know, we're given this gift that we just have to accept and say thank you. Yeah. Because everybody doesn't get the same gifts. Mm -hmm. The world is not set up fair. The world is set up like the world is set up. Yeah. And, and that's okay. That's totally okay. But it's accepting that. And, I, and that's the way I try to, to deal with 
all the things that we see, all the illnesses, all the problems that exist in the world, it is part of the world, mm -hmm. and we have to accept it and move on. The classic doctor-patient relationship that I have ever known was you and Miss Dora Rivers. She was a patient of yours for many, many years, and all of us that knew Miss Dora just absolutely loved her to death because she she had an, an idea of what the world was, and she went through a lot of hardships, but she handled them so well because she had such a loving heart in in how much that that each person meant to her. And well, and she had a a wonderful family, especially yes. a, her daughter. Yes, and Ms. I Sharon. think that you know is a lot. Um, you know, Miss Dora was grateful for what she had. Yes. And I, I love to watch that. Yeah. And she had that, that disease for a long, long time. It's one that you usually don't live very long with. And she had it for, what was it, 40 years or something very long time. Something very yeah. similar to that. And she just absolutely loved you to death. Well, she was a good cook, too. <laughs> <laughs> That that's a that that's a big deal. Yes, it is. Yeah, when it's you and me. Well, I I think we're out of time. Well, it's good it, to be with is you again today. Anything you want to say? And I appreciate you taking care uh, of the sheriff's department, uh, the jail, the workhouse. You have saved Rutherford County many many dollars. Well, I I enjoy what I do, and I tell you, I couldn't do it without the wonderful people I have that work with me yeah we have the best staff ever and it's they like you know and and it's it's just a blessing to yeah. be able to have the people that do all the work that's get that gets done yeah but it's good to see you again truman and uh, happy to be here today and i wish everyone out there a healthy happy week and talk to you soon I thought she was going to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. but Not anyway. yet. It'll be soon. <laughs> All right. It's coming. Thank you, Danny. Always okay. good to have you. All right, guys. We'll see you in the morning at 9. Uh, Mr. Bud Mitchell will be on. See you then. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. This part of the Truman Show brought to you by our friends at Mapco. How do you feel about two for three dollar Lay's or Cheetos? What about regular M&M's for just a dollar? Just a handful of the sweet deals that you'll find right now at Mabco. You'll be surprised at how they always have great deals for those everyday cravings. And don't forget the My Rewards mobile app. Download that to earn points toward items like ice-cold fountain drinks and even fuel. The app available for both iPhones and Androids. Stop by and save at your local Mapco today. Not only did Mary make herself readily available for us as we made the long trip here from Michigan, but as we requested some changes, like more houses, cancellations, she just embraced it all and smiled. Buying and selling a home can be stressful. That's why it's important to work with somebody who cares. I recommend whoever is hearing this to jump off and call Mary Catherine Hughes. She's amazing and will go above and beyond for you. Mary Catherine Hughes, sold by MK, powered by EXP Realty. French's Shoes and Boots is the number one place in Tennessee to find the latest Southern styles at unbelievable prices. We know you work hard for your money, so when searching for high-quality footwear that won't let you down, French's has you covered. 
We have a huge selection of casual and work shoes and boots at the best prices in town, guaranteed. It makes good sense to shop at French's. French's Shoes and Boots. 1837 South Church Street in Murfreesboro.